So don't you wish sometimes you could just go back to the way it used to be? I think we feel that especially on a day like today. Thank you for spending Easter at the Hills, whether you're watching online or in person at the South Lake, West Fort Worth, or North Richmond Hills campus. We love Easter, but let's be honest, for the second year in a row, Easter feels abnormal. This time last year, everything was closed. Not just churches, but schools and businesses and restaurants. Now this year, some of the restrictions are being lifted and we're thankful and hopeful for where we hope things are going. But still, it's different. And I understand why a lot of people are saying, when are we going to go back to the way things were? I miss normal. I miss traveling. I miss going to packed houses at movie theaters and sporting events. I miss family reunions. When are we going to go back? I miss normal. I'm glad you're here on this of all days because the reality is Easter is a rebuke of normal. If Jesus really is raised from the dead, there can be no going back to the way things were. I get it. I understand why everyone wants to hit the reset button. But Jesus conquered death so that anyone could hit the rebirth button. That Easter is about renewing, not resuming. It's not an opportunity to go back to what was. It's an invitation to lean into what ought to be. Because let's be honest. The way it used to be wasn't all that great. Normal isn't all that awesome. I read about a man named Christopher Miller. He was arrested a few years ago in New Jersey for robbing a shoe store. But here's the backstory. 16 years earlier, he had gone into that same store to rob it, threatened the employees, and received a stiff 16-year sentence that he had just finished serving. The next day, he bought a bus ticket, went back to that same town, went to that same store, grabbed a few hundred dollars of cash and a cell phone, and ran away, threw the cash and the cell phone in a dumpster, and waited to get arrested because he did not know how to live outside of prison. Prison had become normal. Now, here's the thing. I doubt I'm preaching to very many people today who don't believe Jesus really did come back from the dead. You think Easter happened. But how many of us are living like it never happened? See, Jesus' challenge was never raising someone from the dead. His challenge is still raising awareness that a new reality is possible because he came back from the dead. That it's more than just that we can now be redeemed. We can now be released. We can leave that cocoon forever. Let me illustrate. In John 11, Jesus has a good friend named Lazarus who died. Jesus got there four days after he died. He was in a sealed tomb. Jesus said, roll the stone away. They said, don't do that, Jesus. By now he stinks. But they did because he asked. 
And then it says in verse uh, 43 of John 11, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Now, he had to say Lazarus. If he had just said, come out, all the dead would have come back. So, the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Notice, it's not enough for Jesus that he came out. Yes, he's experienced life back from the dead, but he's still bound. He can't enjoy it. Jesus isn't offering a second chance at our old life. He's not saying reset. He's saying rebirth, not resume, but renew. Maybe that's why in the early days of the church, if someone got baptized, if they identified with the death and the resurrection of Jesus, when they came up out of the water, the first Christians would give that newly baptized person a new set of clothes. Baptism is a casket for your old life. It's your no going back declaration. Because Easter is not about reset, it's about rebirth. If Jesus left the grave, we don't have to go back to normal. I don't want to go back. I want to go beyond. I want to experience everything the death and resurrection of Jesus purchased and promised me. Listen, in Romans 8, Paul says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Okay, stop right there. Do you believe that? Now, you believe Jesus came back from the dead. But do you believe the Spirit that rose him from the dead lives in you. Now, here's what that means. Just as God uh, raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Not normal. New. That's what resurrection means. It means first that we can live with a new forgiveness. You see, the Bible says that we were all dead because of our sins. And what can a dead person do to save themselves? Lazarus was not in that tomb making a cognitive decision. I need to come back to life. What brought him back to life was the word of Christ. And the reason death obeyed the word of Christ is because Jesus has silenced the word and the voice and the claim of sin. Sin is why we die. Sin is why this world is in decay. You see, when we turn our back on God, we disconnect from the only source of life there is. You don't generate life in yourself. We lose the chance of life when we disconnect from God. And so all have sinned. And now all have the sentence of death. What can we do to save ourselves? We're dead. You can't die for my sins. You have your own sins to deal with. We need someone sinless to die for us. And so God sent Jesus, who lived a completely sinless life. And Paul says in Romans 4, he was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life 
to make us right with God. Please understand, Paul is not saying, well, Jesus lost at the cross, but then God overturned the defeat at the resurrection. No, what he's saying is that the resurrection revealed the victory of the cross. That at the resurrection, God was announcing everything necessary to forgive your sin has been done. It's our guarantee that God is completely satisfied with the payment of Christ for our sins. See, here's what that means. Why would you go back to living under the burden of a debt Jesus has paid for? You believe Jesus has come back from the dead. So why would you go back to a life of never thinking you're good enough, always thinking you've got to earn your salvation, always wondering if God loves you today? Why would you want to go back to that? I love this illustration. The picture you're seeing is of a man named Harvey Pinnock. He's holding a little red book that was titled The Little Red Book. And it became the greatest selling sports book of all time. Harvey Pinnock was a great golf instructor in the last century. He began writing notes about golf in a red spiral notebook in the 1920s. Some 60 years later, he asked a writer, you think anybody would be interested in reading this? The writer left a message on Harvey's phone the next day. I talked to Simon and Schuster and they are so excited. They're talking a $90,000 advance. Harvey never called back. The writer found him several days later on the driver range. Harvey, did you get my message? Why did you not call me back? And the man looked troubled. He said, with all of our medical bills, I don't think I can afford to advance them $90,000. He didn't understand. He wasn't being asked to give. He was being asked to receive. And so are you. Step into the new reality that you're walking in forgiveness now. The scripture says in Romans 8, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You need to believe that just as much as you believe Jesus came back from the dead. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I did. I don't care what you did. Here's what I know. The price Jesus paid is greater than any mess you've ever made. He came so that you could walk in this new forgiveness. Redeemed, and not just redeemed, but also released. The very next verse, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You're not just freed from the penalty of sin. You're freed from the power of sin, which means you and I can live into a new freedom. Now, I've always enjoyed the story of the man that was going to watch March Madness all day. His wife says, well, if you're just going to watch basketball all day, I'm going to go to the mall. He says, well, you can go, but don't buy anything. Well, she came back a few hours later with a big box, a new dress in it. He said, I thought we agreed you weren't going to buy anything. She said, I didn't intend to. I was just going to try on this dress. I got in the dressing room and I tried on this dress and the devil showed up. And he said, my, you look good in that dress. And the husband said, you should have said, get thee behind me, Satan. She said, I did. And he said, ooh, it looks good from the back too. (laughs) Here's the thing. Satan wants to be your fashion consultant. He wants to deceive you into keeping your grave clothes on. So what's your fourth day? What's that place in your life where you have surrendered to status quo and just said, I guess this is just 
normal. I've always had a quick temper. Hey, I'm a dude, and I'll always have a struggle with porn. I'm just a worrier, born that way. I've always been fearful. Hey, I guess, guess I just have a cynical bent. That's normal for me. Why are you going back to the closet to get your old clothes? Why are you putting on what Jesus has delivered you from? Jesus wants to release you from that which has had you wrapped and trapped. Paul says in Romans 7, who will free me from this life that's dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now you believe Jesus came back from the dead. Do you believe he has released you from all those destructive behaviors that you have called normal? Now, you don't recognize this picture. His name is Herschel Schechter. If you were a Jew in New York City, he would be one of your heroes. It was 1945. Patton's Third Army had liberated the Buchenwald concentration camp, and inside were hundreds and thousands of emaciated, sick, frightened Jews. The Allies went through the camp shouting, You're free, you're free, and none of the Jews would come out of the barracks. To them, it was just one more new set of uniforms, and that meant more abuse. So Herschel Schachter, Jewish chaplain, walked through the camp, and he shouted, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem, Jews, God's peace on you, Jews. You are free. And they came out because someone like them came to them. Oh, I've got some good news. Jesus became like you. And he came to you. And he died for you. To release you. And to tell you, you can be free now. Scripture says in 1 Timothy 2, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. He didn't rise again so that we could just shuffle through life. He didn't conquer death so that we could stay in the cocoon. Don't accept normal. You were made for more than that. You were raised again in Jesus Christ for more than that. Don't go back. Go beyond. The death and resurrection of Jesus doesn't just forgive me for what I was. It frees me to become who I'm supposed to be. And so Jesus got up, and that means you don't have to be held down by anything that belongs in the grave. Stop going to the closet and getting those dead rags and putting them on anymore. You have the power now in the risen Christ. Now, this is a big subject. We got to talk about it more. So next week, Taylor Walling and I are going to start a new series called Delivered. We're going to use the Exodus story just to unpack week after week the truth that God is calling us to be a nation of free sons and daughters, not a nation of slaves. I'm not going back to normal. And by the way, ultimately, neither is all creation. Because Easter means living for a new 
future. And here's the thing. What you believe about the future shapes how you live in the present. Let me say that again. Whether you're conscious of it or not, you're making decisions every day based on what you believe is coming in the future. And tell you what I believe. I believe God is going to do for the whole creation what he did for Jesus on Easter Sunday. John, at the end of the Bible, has this vision. He sees heaven open and someone sitting on the throne. And he writes, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, or crying, or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Easter calls me to live in the direction of that profession. Easter calls on me to make decisions right now today like that is the future that I'm headed to. So here's the thing. You have a worldview. You believe something about the future. If your worldview is mechanistic and you think we're just cosmic accidents, then it has consequences. Don't talk to me about right and wrong. There is no absolute right and wrong. We all just have our own preferences about what we think. Don't talk to me about absolute justice. There is no absolute justice, no future judgment. So nothing is ever going to be made fully right. And if death has the final word, then I don't care how much money you make or how many times your name is on a building. The truth is your life never really mattered. But if death does not have the last word, if eternity is reality, if Jesus is Lord and he's coming again, then everything we do right now has meaning and significance. That Easter is not just the truth that Jesus came back. It is the promise that he is going to return and put everything back together. Is anybody else excited about this? And it's a call for us to start giving the world a glimpse of the new normal. You see, that is why we do right now what we do. Because we've seen the future. That's why we speak out against the increase of violence against Asian Americans. And why we speak against the hatred that's been going on for centuries against Jewish people. It's why we speak for the child at the border. And we speak for the child that is still in the womb. It is why we go into our city and we tutor at the schools. And we build the clinics. And we walk with the woman who wants to get out of the sex industry. And with the woman who found out she's pregnant and not sure what she's going to do with the baby. It's why we plant the churches, and it's why we translate the Bible into all these languages. We do what we do now because we want the world to see what the future is going to look like. That we're not just called to march into heaven. We're called to march into our community and give them a taste of heaven. We're going to show the world that Easter is breaking out all over. 
Can I confess? I'm tired of whiny Christians always fussing and ranting and posting about, I just don't know what the world is coming to. I know exactly what the world is coming to, and I'm pretty pumped about it. I agree with Peter. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we've been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And now we live with great expectation. And so, my dear friend, don't settle for the reset button. God is offering you so much more than that in Jesus Christ. I love the story Booker T. Washington told about his childhood. Young Booker was born into slavery. He lived in a shanty on a plantation. And every morning, the reminder of his hard life was the crow of a rooster. Long before the sun came up, and that rooster's crow meant another long day of back-breaking labor. And then one day someone came to the plantation and said, Mr. Lincoln has signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Young Booker wasn't quite sure what that meant. But when he woke up the next morning, he heard that rooster again. But this time it sounded different. He looked outside and his mama was chasing that rooster with an axe. And that day they had fried alarm clock for lunch. As mama declared, we ain't going back to what we were. We are stepping into what we're supposed to be. I don't want to go back. I want to go beyond. And I want to claim everything the death and resurrection of Jesus purchased for me and promised to me. And what about you? It's time for some of you to take off the grave clothes. And so I'm going to pray over you. And after my prayer, I want you to be blessed by a song and a video as some members of our church also have decided they don't want to go back. And so, Father, I pray to you in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus, the risen one, declaring that we believe not only has Jesus come back from the dead, but because he has, we don't have to go back to a life that is so far below what we were created to know. We're not going to call normal anymore what means a life wearing what belongs in a grave. And so God, speak right now to the heart of someone listening to this prayer, even this moment. And let them hear the call of your spirit. Stop settling for so much less than I want to give you. Help us, God, 
to make Easter more than a day, but a way to live every day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.